after five or six saves that, that, that converted in companies that we had invested in, we realized how bad they can be. Welcome to The Syndicate, the podcast about the investors behind the overnight successes. It takes years, it takes money. On this show, we interview the top angel investors, venture capitalists, and startups to share what it really takes to succeed with startup investing. I'm your host, Matt Ward, and I'm a serial entrepreneur and angel investor. And I believe startups are the future, and angel investing is the best way to build real, true wealth. To find out more about us and join our syndicate on AngelList, please visit thesyndicate.vc. But now, let's get on with the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the Syndicate Podcast, the show where we talk all things early stage, angel investing, VC, and building bigger, better businesses. Today we've got Sergio Romo on. Sergio is pretty impressive. He's a pretty impressive cat. He's an angel investor in quite a few companies. We're actually co-investors in, uh, in public goods, I found out. He built, has built up some pretty impressive businesses. So my Orden, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about his efforts with Latin America. But really had to get him on because you're one of you're one of the go-to guys when it comes to Latin America, South America, and, and angel investing. So thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. So I kind of like to first jump into you, your story. How'd you become an angel? So we, I mean, me and my partner, we uh, in the fund, we we sold a, a company, and that's how we transitioned into angel investing. But it was a bit of an accident. I guess uh, we started a company in 2010 and in 2013 when we sold it, we figured we wanted to to replicate some of the, the good experience of uh, starting a company and that's how we got into into investing. We actually tried to raise a fund, but we couldn't. So we just started investing. So you guys did online takeaway in Mexico. How did you initially get started... Have you always been an entrepreneur? No, I, I actually used to work for a law firm. And my morning ritual was to check all the restaurant flyers in the office. There was like a folder with uh, tons of uh, restaurant flyers. And I would decide every morning what uh, my secretary would uh, order me for. And... and um, when when we when our third uh, when our third co-founder on that company told us about the idea because the idea was his, it it just seemed like a no-brainer and um, it was a short transition from being uh, an employee at a law firm to doing this full time. What is the startup scene like in Mexico? Not a lot of not a lot of the listeners have a lot of experience. And yet, I imagine there's quite a diverse scene. So right now, it's pretty big. I mean, compared to when we started, it's it's completely different. It has multiplied by, I don't know, but it's huge. It still doesn't have the levels of America or London, but it's pretty interesting. I mean, there's 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 a lot of things going on in Mexico right now. And the rest of Latin America, I, I mean, Brazil has 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 always been uh, bigger than Mexico in terms both of volume and and money flowing into startups. 
And other countries that are really interesting are Argentina, which I think has perhaps the best track record in terms of startup success. Chile had a, a really interesting growth in the past years thanks to government efforts. And I'd say Colombia and, and Peru are catching up. You're part of those efforts in Chile, right? So I was slightly involved like three years ago. Uh, I was an active mentor for Startup Chile, but I haven't been as active uh, in the past couple of years, to be quite honest. Busy with other stuff? Yeah, a little bit. I, I, I can I can dive into that, into those details later, and why we kind of move uh, a little bit and not going that often to 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 South America. So you're based in you're based in Mexico City now. Is that right? San, Fra San Francisco mostly in, in Mexico City. I mean between those cities, uh, flying uh, coming and going every month. What's the what's the split look like in terms of the companies you're investing in? US, San Francisco, Mexico, Latin America. So we raised a fund uh, a year and a half ago. That fund is 85% US, 10%, I'd say it's 80% 80, 80 US, 10% Latin America. And we, we have a couple of companies in London. How large is the fund? So we raised 4.5 million. Why do a fund versus just angel investing? To be quite honest, we couldn't keep up the pace of just doing angel investment at, at, the, at the pace we wanted to do it and the check sizes. Some of the experiences that we had as an angel or as angel, because I, I've always done this with my, with my partner, Jonathan. And what, that's why I always say we. We realized, I mean, I don't know if I, perhaps you've had this experience, but after five or six safes that, that, that converted in companies that we had invested in, we realized how bad they can be. I mean, they're good for some, for, for, there are good reasons for, for investing through safes. But as an angel, you get pretty diluted, you know, and, um, we just, I mean, to be honest, we just don't have the, the power to, to, to defend all the way our positions, you know, and we wanted to, to pursue um, more aggressive strategy uh, in terms of investing. And that's why we came up with, with the plan to raise a fund. Why a fund versus a syndicate? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I, don't, I think we built a really interesting network, especially in Mexico. And, and um, raising the fund after three years doing this was not that complicated. And I guess we just wanted to diversify and we, we didn't like the idea of, we didn't, we never syndicated a deal in the past. So I guess it was just easier to, to have the funds and, and, and invest and, and pursue that strategy. I mean, it has pros and cons, but. And when overall, did you start the fund? Our first investment was March last year. Do you have a thesis? I think. Sorry, I didn't no, mean the to first cut investment, the, the, the first investment was on March last year with the, with, the, with the fund. Before that, we did around 24 investments on our own. And what do you look for in companies? What's your thesis? What's your targets? So 
I guess we, we're, we're trying to build up a balanced portfolio. That's a cliche, I guess. Everybody says that. We really do look first in found, uh, into the founder uh, or into the team. Now that we've made around 20 investments with the fund and have another 20 or 25 to go, we are kind of figuring out what industries we should invest in and which ones we would be already overexposed. So the portfolio strategy kind of came up on its own. But it's mainly the founders, to be honest, because especially when you invest in the U.S., because this this has been a, a, a rather slow and, and a bit painful transition for us to be competitive in the U.S., we had to build our network from the ground up. Why not double down on Mexico? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> people, people will hate me for for nope, say for my it. views on, on Mexico. So I'm a huge believer in Mexico, but the problem with Mexico is that I think there's still not the the. I mean, there's capital, but there's just not the, the exits are not there. You know, like the the exit engineering, like all the. It's it's tough to build companies that can uh, bring you a hundred x or a hundred x plus in, in in terms of returns. You know, that's one reason. The other reason, I guess, it's personal challenge. We when we saw all the funds that are doing great, or the fund managers that are doing great in India, or those that are running Sequoia in India or in China, or those big names in 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 Southeast Asia, India, uh, and even Brazil, all those fund managers made a career or invested at some point in, in Silicon Valley or in the U.S. And we we had there's it was just some of a per, sort of personal challenge. The first time we came for work, I mean to see deals or to see companies or to meet with companies in in, in Silicon Valley. We were completely overwhelmed. We were like, what is this? I mean, this is huge. I mean, thankfully, we didn't have a lot of money to invest back then because we would have invested in everything. Uh, like, we were surprised by the, the, the quality of the pitch, how, how, I mean, our first door to Silicon Valley was uh, YC Demo Day. So, of course, they all, they all have practiced their pitch very well and we were completely amateurs and 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 we loved it it was like we really liked the experience and it's just sort of i guess it's it was personal like if i want to be a great investor why don't i try to be the best among the best or that was our initial thought i guess uh, but i i guess it has to do with that so it's it's a double factor both the region i think it still has a lot to it still has to mature a lot, and, and and on the other hand, a personal challenge. I mean, it's it's really great to to be able to work with great funds and great fund managers, and that in turn also uh, has helped has helped us to provide more value to to companies in Mexico and Latin America, which is kind of the other part of the strategy that we're pursuing, which is helping companies come to Silicon Valley and um, and introduce them to our network of investors, you know, and help them uh, like every, like many people have tried that, but, but if you see the 
names and the co-investors that that we have uh, co-invested with and that we're starting to work with, it's pretty good. And um, and some of our companies, thanks to that, have raised from really interesting funds. Those that are in Latin America. So the, I think the benefit is there, you know, like they can leverage our network and the, the years that we had to 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 work so hard to get noticed in Silicon Valley and, and we can provide a lot of value. So is that your special sauce then? You're working some with, it sounds like you're working the majority with U.S. companies, but then it sounds like your special sauce is actually helping Mexican and Latin American companies come to the U.S. So I think we're a great value add for American companies when they want to expand uh, to Latin America. I think we're the best in there. And we have been able to prove that with, with some of our portfolio companies. Who are some and of yes, your more interesting companies? Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and, and the other part of this also, I guess, it's helping um, the um, Latin American companies to, to come to Silicon Valley. This is an interesting fact. All the Latin American companies that we invested in and that have raised collectively around $90 million with this fund, the last, the, 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 which are five companies, all of them were rejected by funds in Latin America. What do you think that is? Came, I don't know. Uh, I really don't. I guess they were too early. And, 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 yeah, I guess they were too early because the quality of the founders was obviously good, if not uh, great or amazing, which we that's what we saw. And... They all got into YC, and then they raised money from Sequoia, from Axel Partners, from you name it. And um, that is that is quite funny. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's just the problem. The problem with fundraising in in Latin America is that it takes too long. There's no rush. There's no sense of urgency. You know, it start there's it starts to be I mean competition. You can start to feel it now. But uh, still, investors and, and, and funds have uh, have a lot of time to, to 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 make their minds up. You know, there's no, there's this no, there's no this uh, sense of rush where where you can be left out of a of a company if you don't move quickly. See, but that could be your easy value add if you're there working with Latin American companies and then filling the round with VCs from the U.S. That could be oh, yeah. your proprietary yeah. deal flow. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what we're trying to to achieve and build. And, and I guess we're we're on our way to do that. How do you do that? How do you build up deal flow? What's your stra- some of your strategies? Deal flow, you mean? Oh, so to be honest, it all started with Y Combinator, which is not proprietary at all. Every uh, like every like the six hundred or seven hundred investors that attend demo, they have that same access i guess it's a lot of hustle one of the things that we do is be super active helping companies prepare and getting into yc for example we introduce them to other alumni or 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 founders that we have invested in we have around 32 investments in yc so our alumni base is decent so they'll help each other right because not only not only from from YC but also from us. So they all want to help each other. So 
that helps us to kind of map out by, by some of them get in. So you're able to, at least you're in touch with someone in the batch and that's how we start to work. And we are super aggressive in trying to meet the companies and trying to help them before, try to invest in, in, in a couple before demo day. And that, that, that helps us uh, to be in good shape for, for every batch. That's our strategy to build deal flow. If, if I had to tell you two years ago, what's your proprietary deal flow? I would say we didn't have any proprietary deal flow. And I think it had, that is related. That is correlated with your ability to raise a fund. But now, thanks to the, the efforts and, and working together with other funds in the, in Silicon Valley, that helps us to, to even have more deal flow, even outside YC. Like, for example, in the last, in the last two months, three out of the six out of the seven investments that we made, uh, were out of YC. So, it started like that, to be honest. I mean, it was our, our, our door to, to IC and, and I mean, to Silicon Valley. And then from there, we, we kind of grew up, but it wasn't easy and it was really slow. Several past guests have brought up, you see the YC batches getting larger and larger, and it seems like they're taking in too many qual- companies, potentially lower quality companies, yet with very high valuations. What are your thoughts? I would, I mean, as a founder, as a former founder, I, I, I don't like to qualify the quality of, of, of the companies, you know, because you don't really know. Uh, I mean, it's too early. What I would say is, for example, last batch was really complicated because a lar- a majority of the founders were repeat founders, you know, so they were better at selling, at pitching, at everything at asking questions to investors. So the quality, the founder quality was amazing. Traction was low, <laughs> but end valuations were high. Uh, so last batch was, was really interesting, was particularly challenging. I wouldn't say that the quality is lower. I guess they, I don't know. I think they've taken more companies from outside the U.S., and that may not be interesting to many of the of the investors that that attend demo day, but this is funny. But our best performing company so far in this fund is from Colombia, and um, and it has raised way more money than many companies in the U.S. So what do they do? They do, they they are like Postmates for Latin America. Postmates. You should yeah, pl- they, plug them here. What, what, what's their name? What do they do? How much have they raised? Where are they at? It's called Rappi, and they've raised around $50 million. And recent Horui, Sequoia, like all the big names, you name it, have backed them. Uh, and they're killing it. They're, they are in Mexico, Colombia, and now Brazil. It's always good when you see a portfolio company starting to get some traction. I want to jump into the lightning round. How's that sound, Sergio? Into the what, sorry? Lightning round. Just some rapid fire questions. Oh, okay. What's the first deal you did? The first deal we did. It was a company in Mexico that was trying to do a drag and drop solution to publish magazines. Did it work? No. 
Nope. It happens. It, it did not work. What are you excited about today? Blockchain replacing intermediaries and, 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 and trust and ultimately parts of the government, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's very exciting, especially I'm here in Switzerland and that it's quite a help for that. What's, um, yes. what's the biggest company you missed? Who's on your anti-portfolio? The biggest company, it's Cabify, I'd say. We, the founder was really nice, actively tried to, to bring us in as angel investors and, and we passed because Uber was already in Mexico and we were like, there's no way. We, we were just really dumb about assessing the market potential and how many players can coexist and still build a, a big business. So I'd say Cabify, which are, they are from Spain. How big are they now? So their last round was around 150. And I'd say they are near the, the billion dollar valuation. Ooh, that one hurts. What, yeah. uh, what field will dominate the next 10 years and exits and IPOs? I really don't know. Uh, I wish I knew. It would be, my, my job would be far easier. Make a prediction. What do you think? Definitely some blockchain related company like that replaces entirely the middleman, you know? Yeah. So, so blockchain guess, fintech. Yeah. I don't know if fintech, but I'm really excited about, for example, in countries that are based on Latin law, anything that replaces the notary public. I think will be huge. Yeah, because notary public is just such a pain in the butt to deal with. Who is um? Who is your biggest role model growing up for business? Mm, this is classic, but I'd say Steve Jobs. Yeah, he's definitely my number one. But I have many. But Steve Jobs is is high up there. Jobs I, is I a think, solid pick. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm no I, I'm no I mean, in terms of business, definitely I have role models in other areas, but. In terms of business, Steve Jobs, I'd say Elon Musk is, is, is high up there. Uh, Iron Man. What's, um, what's overhyped today? I'd say perhaps uh, self-driving cars. Um, yeah, perhaps that. But at least that's what I felt in, 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 during the last month. There were too many companies... And I don't know how many applications you can uh, you can build purely from from the software standpoint. Yeah, it's it's crazy. The question is, will it be a, a winner take all market? And what are the dynamics? Will it be fleets? Will it be individuals? It's um, it'll be something to see it play out. Now, give me a productivity hack or two. Something that you like helps you stay focused, work harder, etc. So work productivity hard for, for, for work harder. It's being surrounded by people that are incredibly hardworking people and successful, uh, being able to, I mean, I have been lucky enough to, to bring some really cool people as limited partners into the fund that have introduced them to outstanding people and being able to sit down with them and, and, and and hear from them is, has been completely, has been a great experience because just, just by seeing how hard they work, 
whenever you want to take a break, you know they are working harder and they they are already super good. <laughs> so just just knowing that there's that out there there are a lot of people working super hard that's uh that's that pushes me to to try to work hard because it's really competitive out there especially in silicon valley yeah um, you gotta up your game yep so being left out of deals just because we don't have the brand yet that has been super that has been a super i mean rejection from this is funny but but small VCs, you know, like like our like us, trying to make our way into into the into the big leagues, we get a lot of a rejection. You know, it's not it's not easy to to get into 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 what you say hot companies or really great founders without paying like a forty million valuation. You know, without a product. So that has been that has been a really good tool. I guess in terms of working, like to be focused, I just write down the things that I have to do and try to like to prioritize, you know, like what of all the things that I have to do, what will bring the the most important results that that really helps. It's not that easy, but sometimes you need some input from your teammates or from your coach or from your whatever, your your guru or whatever you have. Prioritize is super important because everything might seem like it's a priority, but if you if you even go down to the root of the word priority, prior, which means first in Latin, that means that you you can only have one priority, right? So you have to continuously evaluate what's what's your priority and yeah, what will bring most of the results that you need. And it's really hard. It's not, it's not evident. That's a really good point. And that's something that people don't think about enough. You've got the horse blinders on, but you got to think about not just the, the short-term track, but long-term and what gets you there. Sergio, I want to thank you for coming on today. This has been, this has been really solid. I want to thank you for sharing everything. Last question. What's something I should have asked you about that we haven't talked about yet? You think we really need to cover? For, I mean, assuming the audience is angels or, or founders, yeah, it's it's mainly angels and founders. It's a bit of both. Take that as you will. Hmm. I guess it would be so a problem that I face a lot as angel. Yeah, how 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 do you keep how do you keep your I mean, how do you keep the founders motivated to keep you informed or keep you on the loop? Uh I guess since since small VCs and angels they usually don't negotiate or we don't negotiate information rights, but I think that's the essence of the relationship and that's the essence of actually being able to add value and, and make a difference in a company, being being informed, and that doesn't happen a lot. Why don't you negotiate information rights? Just hard to push through. Yeah, when when it's a competitive company to get into, it's really hard to negotiate those those things. If you, especially if you put like a under a hundred k investment, I mean, I think you have to earn that right and you have to earn that trust. But sometimes, it, 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 even with that, it doesn't happen. That's when the, that's when the job is not that fun, you know. I don't know. So, 
in my opinion, if you're taking somebody's money and you're writing update emails anyways, you should update those people. That's just common courtesy. Uh, that, that's what I believe. But I mean, and we've been lucky because most of the time it happens, but sometimes it doesn't. And we just realized we didn't do our job well and we're not doing our job well, you know? So, yeah, but I, I think it's a common problem that, that we usually share among investors or early stage investors and angels. Definitely, definitely agree. So what's the fund? Where's the best place for people to find you, Sergio? So I'm on AngelList, Twitter. I'm not as active as I perhaps should be. So I guess AngelList, that, that's a great way to to reach out to me or our website, investovc.com. For founders, that's the best way, definitely, because we have automated our, all our investing process. We build a lot of software. That's something I didn't mention, but we have built a lot of software to run our operations. And um, so that's the best way to for us to be efficient in in, in coming back with a with an answer. And angels, uh, angel is that's the best way. Check them out, guys. We'll have them in the show notes. Sergio Romo with Invest Investo VC, right? That's correct. Thanks for coming on today, Sergio. Thanks a lot, Matt, for having me. And guys, have this a great is- day. Sorry for cutting you off, man. Sometimes I've had way too much coffee and you get really hyped up. Coffee, that's going to be my productivity <laughs> hack for today, guys. I got a phone call at 1.30 a.m. this morning with a, a big client for the startup. So I am I am wired. But if this has been a great episode, if you guys have liked it, go to iTunes. Go to the syndicate.vc slash iTunes. Leave us a review. It's what helps us. It was what keeps me motivated. It's what keeps the syndicate going. And if you're an accredited investor, you're looking to invest in some pretty awesome companies. A little bit before when Sergio's getting in, it sounds like, but right when you need to be there, the syndicate.vc slash join. Check out our deals, see our deal flow, and then invest with us if you want to. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks again, Sergio. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for listening to The Syndicate, the podcast where angel investors and VCs go off the cuff and discuss the ins and outs of the venture ecosystem. We're here to share the tips and tricks of the best in the business, because startups and tech make the pie bigger. To learn more about us and what we do, visit thesyndicate.vc. And to join our syndicate on AngelList, just go to thesyndicate.vc slash join and get access to some of the best startup deals. This has been another episode of The Syndicate. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys again next week.